It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did in 2014! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. Uh, we're back on schedule, we're back with momentum and we're back with the points. I mean, we'll get straight into it. We've got 55 minutes to the day to get through as much as we can. We've got your questions, which I appreciate you asked the very last minute. So thanks for everyone for submitting it. Um, and we've got Matt with us. How you doing, Matt? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be back and nice to be back talking about a dramatic 2-1 Arsenal win. So, um, yeah, I can't oh, believe yeah. it. Felt good, right? Oh, my God. Wolves as well. <laughs> Wolves, like ah, oh, just they, they, they had everything, didn't they? I had the pantomime of the week before, and the, um, you know, the one nil that we ground out there. The Ruben Neves, like little, what did he say again? Just you know, so the celebrations that we were doing, and then I'll tell you what, if we celebrated like we did at Wolves, we definitely celebrated like it at the Emirates. Oh my God, how how was it uh, for you? Yeah, I mean, it it was incredible. Um, I, I, it's very rare that an Arsenal game watching from home makes me lose my voice and that's what happened against mm. wolves it made me lose my voice because i absolutely screamed the house down when that winner went in that lacazette goal and i don't care i know it's an own goal but mm. it's lacazette's goal really oh yeah it's Lacazette's goal i think he deserved it i mean he had an up and down game but uh yeah it, it, I, I went to the game and um it was like probably about one or two o'clock that that, that afternoon um you know, I, I don't live too far away from the stadium, so I was like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch it, you know, watching TV. I'm mm. like, I could do that. I went on ticket exchange. There's a few tickets going. It was a really good ticket, like six rows from the edge, you know, just right of the tunnel. Um, and I was like, yeah, screw it. Why not? It's just like, I'll walk down, I'll watch the game and it'll be fun and, it'll, you know, or it'll be disappointing. I don't know. But and then I'll walk home. And it'll be... I haven't really been to a game before by myself. And um, God, what a chance. What a day. I, I wasn't drinking. And then I got so excited afterwards, I had to go for a few pints with a mate and just, you know, really lap it up because the I've never seen, and I didn't go to Barcelona. I wasn't there for Leicester, you know, when we got the yeah. Daniel Welbeck own goal, at uh, own goal, the last minute goal, I should say. Um, and I haven't been to like a crazy, crazy amount of games where I have seen, like I've seen last minute goals for sure. I was at a Tottenham Arsenal game when we won 3-1 an extra time in the Carling Cup and that was raucous, but this had so much more context so much more belief to it and it had like this us against them us against the referees it had like an optimism throughout the game that we've been gunning for since we conceded the first goal and like the whole way through the game i've never seen anything like it at the, at the emirates it was it was like a like a, a changing of the tides and it was really significant in obviously the top four race having just taken six points off wolves now um what they did to spurs and all of this, and, and Man United, of course, dropping, dropping points the weekend, it being nil-nil, you know, and this, it's all playing into this. And it was just like euphoria. Like, I've never seen so many people hugging each other. It was like we just won this cup final. And I guess every game is a cup final at the moment. Um, you know, we're kind of thinking we can overachieve this season, which is not something we've thought we've done because everything really for the last 15 years has felt like an underachievement even if we've come second, you know, so we've just changed what we thought about it. And like the whole club is just kind of rocking. Yeah. Like I'm, I think, I think you said something, uh, there's two things that you said there. It was just like the, 
us against them mentality, I don't think has like has ever been as strong as it is now. I feel like the last decade or so, the this it was always us against us, like mm. Arsenal fans versus Arsenal fans. You're either Wenger in or Wenger out. You're either Arteta in, Arteta out. Cronky in, well, I, I doubt there's many people Cronky in, but you, you get what <laughs> yeah, I mean. I like, yeah, you, it, Mate, there was a lot of what, division. If you keep the money in now, and if you keep getting results like this against Wolves, you can stay as long as he wants, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't I think know. I would ever accept liking him, but I will, I'll tolerate him being here. So, um, Evan Abramovich, but, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it's just nice to have that sort of united front in terms of fans because sometimes I, I think it's such a I always look at Liverpool fans and always think they're quite a united fan base and they're one of the best fan bases <clears throat> once they're behind a team to get a team going and I think we've I've I mean I've gone to a few games this year and I've never seen the atmosphere as good as it is and I think that's been echoed in pretty much every home game this season is mm. that the atmosphere has been great they're fully behind getting behind this team and this group of players the group mm. of players are likable it's the most likable bunch I guess since Ramsey and Wilshire left those years yeah so um yeah like uh, it's 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 a massive massive change and in terms of we we you talked about 16 cup finals obviously you were at the game the commentary line there was a commentary line by peter jury honestly he is unbelievable i watched the whole of the 2018 world cup with his commentary because i was abroad yeah and uh honestly he, he ever since the Henri um Bernabeu goal like just yeah. the way he talks he, he doesn't get anywhere near as much coverage as he should he's, he's the best by far well, well him and Clive Tilsley are my mm. favorites Clive Tilsley done the prime video one and his um commentary for the Lacazette winner was incredible but if you hit so uh, that's my preferred one but Peter Drury's commentary after the game mm. was incredible he said it feels like a Champions League night it feel it feels like a Champions League club again, and it was just it, it gave me goosebumps. It was mm. just like that's sort of where we, we we've been out of the this like top four for five years now, and we've been pretty irrelevant as a club for the last two seasons, like the ones that we finished eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, now it it may it may not end the way we want it. We may not finish in top four, but at least we're relevant, and that's that's the the biggest compliment I could give this season. Yeah, that's so true, mate. It, yeah, it's, it's a really good way of putting it, and um, uh, we've got to enjoy it, right? We've had some some really tough times, um, as you mentioned, the irrelevancy and the bad results and all that sort of stuff, and you know we can only, I guess, really point to Arteta and think he's creating something here and you know it's and, and it's not always going to be like this we've had annoying times we've had um stale uh time times as well and um like but but overall and the long-term strategy the phases that he talked about i know we did in that amazon interview mm. um is, is clearly paying off and like you know we don't have to look around the corner at spurs and united and what they're doing, they're filling. They were doing what we were doing two, three years ago, and and didn't know how to stop. And that's filling gaps, try and put money places that didn't really need to be put places. Stop gap um, executive appointments that 
mean nothing to them or anybody else. And uh, it echoes on the pitch, which is something I never massively, massively bought into as a thing. But we're really following in the footsteps of what what Liverpool uh, mm. did and did well. Um, uh, to be fair, a lot of people do try and do it, and it's not easy. And like you do have to be quite lucky. And I think we tried to outsmart the market. We've got these players coming in who've been brilliant. Um, and we've been lucky with that as well. And um, yeah, the culture change is is, is enormous, <clears throat> enormous. And, it, and I yeah. think exemplified by someone like Granite Xhaka, um, who uh, you know has definitely had his moments. And you know, we all remember the time that he got booed and he swore. You know, but if you remember, the reason why he got booed was because of a greater system, because people stopped believing in Emery, but because of these signings, and he was kind of the captain of it. And but actually, it was in that moment, it was because he wouldn't get off the pitch when we were desperately trying to get a win. Yeah. I don't know if you, this came across on TV, but it hasn't been spoken about at all. But when um, when uh, Jimenez was doing that ridiculous, uh, like, sub thing, like, yeah. you know, the, the, the time-wasting of the century, it was, like, so bad, it was almost genius, but it was just ridiculous. It, you know, I, I don't know how... Wolves didn't get more yellow cards in the game. Another story for another time because we're going to enjoy this. But Shaka, he Tierney got injured shortly uh, after that. Yeah, sorry, it was shortly after that time wasting incident and the 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 other injury that was on the left hand side of the field. Wolves player that was again over egged and he was dragged off the pitch. Eventually, Shaka literally picked up an actually injured Tierney and chucked him off the pitch. Like, <laughs> did that come across? Because we needed to get new Suarez no. on. Um, no, it, all I remember from Tierney was him just like really slowly hobbling off. So I don't remember Xhaka no, sort Jack, of throw, throwing him off. Mate, Xhaka <laughs> literally picked him up back of the shirt. It's like, come on, mate, we we go. And Xhaka then basically got Nuno Tavares like, we're going here. And that's like, that can epitify the, like, the change of mentality and the way the crowd were with them at the same time. I don't know if that's like quite a good bookmark in, you know, from, from the worst moment to perhaps the most together moment. And um, yeah, it felt really good. Definitely felt really good, and oh, I hate wolves, man. I hate wolves. <laughs> I hate wolves. Um, but it felt good, and look, let's let's go through the game anyway. I mean, the the, the team was interesting. I thought. Um, yeah, no Tommy Asu, no Smith Rowe. Mm. Yeah, Smith Rowe back now, misses. isn't he? But, yes, mm. he is, which is is a huge boost for us. Looks like Tommy Asu may be out for another couple of weeks. Really? Yeah, um, I heard. He injured his other calf, and it's not like a temporary thing, so he might be out. Um, from from what I heard, um, in terms of like I was listening to the Ask Cast about it, they mm. said he might be like it, it, they'll the clubs probably looking to aim him back for the Leicester game, maybe the Liverpool game. So um, he misses Watford, which is a shame. Mm. Yeah, and look, I mean, Seeing Cedric in the team, like I, I get that he's had some relatively consistent performances, but what that what consistent is is completely average and does change the team. Like I, I yeah. hate to be down on the players. Like he's, I'd have nothing against the guy. He's clearly like a a hardworking guy. I just don't think he's quite up to it, right? And I, I was sitting on that side um, when he was attacking down the right in the first half, and I don't know how many crosses he put in when there were so many other options on, but he would just throw a cross in. I don't know how many connected. I'm going to guess zero. <laughs> he would just lump it in and just hope for the best. And it weren't exactly the worst crosses in the world, but we aren't a crossing team. We don't have anyone no. that can finish in the box that with a, from a cross other than Martinelli, perhaps. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty pretty disappointing that we're not going to be with him for a bit. I guess the other side of that is Tommy Asu is. Um, uh, how long will have you been out for? When when did he go off injured? Actually? So um, he what, he was injured after the Manchester City game. He then returned for the Liverpool second leg, mm, and did. then um, and then after that got injured again. So, so he hasn't really he, played all year, really. No, he's played he's played two games this year, which now we're in March is pretty astonishing when you think about it. So. Um, I'm just like I'm hoping that he obviously gets back as quickly as possible because we're going to need him as much as Cedric has done well. Mm. It it still makes me incredibly nervous about him um, playing a su- sustained amount of time, and um, yeah, it just makes me worried that that might be a, a key piece missing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think it will. And it, look, we we. <laughs> We had a tough January. We've had a good February, um, mm. but every, every every game has been tough in, in February. Um, you know, look at Wolves away was a bit of backs against the wall. We got a red card. Arsenal Brentford was 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 good. It was a good performance, um, but obviously we it was we did struggle to break them down a bit and just have that cutting edge when it came to the end. Um, and you know, we just beat Wolves in the last minute, and that's that is great. And I think. To be fair to us, we have actually had a lot go against us in those games. You could look at the red card. Um, you could look at what then? What's the red card against uh, um, Wolves in Brentford? Like we had a couple of moments where we could have easily had a penalty. Um, and again, definitely against Wolves, we should have had a penalty in the first sixty seconds. I mean, I don't know what we thought about that and what it looked like on TV. Oh, oh, oh I mean, it, it, it was a penalty to me. Like um, he takes them out. And it's just like, what did what 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 do the other team have to do to us before we get a penalty? Mate. Like, it, it, it's starting to get to a point where it's like running them over. Like, it's just like throwing them from the top tier. Like, will that get a penalty? It's just like it's it's getting ridiculous at mm. this point. I, I did have a thought. I mean, I don't know what you think. Like, at some point, I think it's so Everton. I can't even believe it. Everton have got a an apology and nothing against Everton. Like. <laughs> Like they were completely entitled to apology because it was an awful, awful decision. But we complained. We got twenty grand fine. <laughs> I, I just can't believe we got a personal phone call. I'm just like, anyway, I, I'm not going to make this about refereeing. I can't bother. But like, it, we, we've done it over and over again, and it's it's really, really getting tiring. But at some point, it's just dangerous. Yeah, we are like getting kicked. Like it, it's it's it is so dangerous, and pe- and people are not being refereed collectively. Collectively or uh, correctly um and you know you don't have to look as far as the Saka uh, getting booted in the back from um against crystal palace tommy has against literally stamped in the face you know it's, it's so dangerous and um at some point well i think i have to pay the price or we're going to get a serious injury yeah yeah i mean it, the 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 tommy Asu one stamp in the face was probably the one and the Saka one with macarthur where he like basically kicks him like they're ones where it's like they they could injure players on another day they're disgusting like really challenges. bad injuries as well yeah yeah really they're days. disgusting challenges and they merited red cards at the time but none of them were given these mm. ones are a bit more it's just like i I, th- I think someone says it best in terms of like all the calls that you could 
go either way with. Obviously, we're Arsenal fans. We will think they're a penalty. Mm. But, like, these ones where they go either way, they never go for us. They always go the other way. And that's the worst thing. And that's because that could cost us in the long run. It will. It It, it definitely will. I genuinely think it's a big issue going into the top four run. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just... what if, for example, we get uh, someone gets fouled against Manchester United, and we we don't get that penalty, and then Man United end up winning that game? Do you know, like that? that that's a massive, massive like muck up mm. for us. And like, and th- this is where it's just like I, I think no one has faith in the referees for Arsenal anyway. Like to to. Um, to make sure that they're doing the right, the right thing. I, I just don't think they do. And even, it's even less the referees, like it, it, <coughs> VAR, because yeah. against Wolves, I, I must say, we got away with quite a lot and, and no, no penalties or anything. Um, you know, the Ben White taking him down off the ball. Um, it, there was quite a number of times where, you know, Cedric against Wolves before mm. as well, we had some strong tackles that weren't punished. And I think sometimes the refs just aren't giving it, right? And mm. sometimes they can miss it. The difficulty is is the inconsistency of how they referee one team and the other. Um, mm. You know, not deciding to card players at very appropriate times. But you know, I don't know if you saw, see Saka got a card on his first foul. Yeah, um, a, 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 a foul that I did think was a yellow card. But when you compare that to Wolves and how much they had to defend and how much they did foul us, and then the amount of time wasting, like oh, it was just a mismanagement to the game. It's just awful. But. Um, and I do think that, you know, we're playing Manchester United. Someone like Bruno Fernandes is going to get away with a red card incident that won't be given as a red card. And, you know. well, well, he did last year, didn't he? Yeah, stamped on yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so um, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all because that's the type of player he is. So, um, and he will get away with it because it's Manchester United, it's Bruno Fernandes. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's not going to be good. Did you see that map of referees? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my uh, God. So, it explains a lot, doesn't it? It certainly does, mate. Like, it's literally word for word. They, so, I wonder Everton got an apology. So, um, just just for the context of everyone listening, so we've got three... There's a map of England, and it shows you where the referees are from uh, by showing quite silly faces of them. So, um, there's three coming from Bristol. There are There's one from the Leicester area. There's two from Birmingham. And there are about 10 from Manchester slash Liverpool. Um, all that area, and there's two from sort of Whitby, and then there's one from Newcastle. I.e., there is not a single one from southeast of England, nowhere near London. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, Take from that what you will. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> any, any sort of um, like thoughts you want about that, it's just like, yeah, interpret it as no matter what way you want. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, inconsistent. Um, so. Um, let's, 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 we, you know, we've had a good win. Let's, you know, crack on a little bit. And what would you, what, what did you think about the Gabriel mistake for the goal? I think he started the game really shaky. I, I think mm. I, I think I tweeted saying like, I think he's having a nightmare. Mm. And I think for the first 15 minutes, he looked very shaky. I think Wolves started the much better team and mm. the mistake it's a bad, it's a bad mistake. But what I liked though was the one, the Arsenal fans getting behind him and the team, mm. regardless of the goal. Because again, if that was a certain other player who um, would have blamed everyone else apart from himself, um, we all know who we're talking about. Mm. Um, then I don't think the crowd would have been that forgiving. But 
and uh, so I, I credit the fans um, for getting behind the team when that happened because uh, even though people may say it's insignificant, it probably means a lot to those players. And secondly, um, the Ramsdale response as well, mm. which were, which was good as well, just getting picked up. A goalkeeper can very easily go crazy. He's just like lost his clean sheet sort of thing. Mm. But he's done the right thing. And, and yes, it's a bad mistake, but mistakes happen in football. And it's the reason why we got so annoyed with, with Mustafi and uh David Louise and Kalazanach and all these players is because it would be constant and it never looked like they learnt from it. Yeah. And that's what, but whereas Gabriel, this is, I'm pretty sure this is his first mistake. I know he's got two red cards in his Arsenal career, mm. but um, like, I think the Man City one was bad. The Southampton one was inexperienced. And it's just like, again, he's a young defender. He's going to make errors and mistakes that will, co- like, will cost you goals sometimes. But it was just the, the response of the team, not pointing uh, like not pointing fingers and not blaming each other. It was just like, yeah, we're behind you. You made a mistake. Get up. Carry on. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and, and and it was a kind of a change of tide in the, in the game state as well, because... The, the, the crowd were unbelievable at first. And I, I, I feel a bit sorry for Gabriel because at the time he looks up, he's in a bit of the clear. The mistake he makes is just taking that bit of time mm. and just puts it way too far in front of Ramsdale. And it, it wasn't good. I think it was good pressing. And I think, well, I just, I just think it was one of those like mistake all round, learn from it. Um, and he's certainly young enough to, I think we forget just how young he is sometimes as well. Um, so, we go on, um, and and the crowd from that point like switched. I've never yeah. seen anything like it, right? So it honestly felt like the ninety fifth minute from the thirtieth minute, whenever that goal went in, right? Mm. Um, and they were jeered up. Every like very shortly after, I don't know if you saw this. Um, the Wolves goalkeeper Saar was um, like throwing the ball out just like five yards in front of where he should have in his own like corner. Yeah, um, he had a free kick, and the crowd were going nuts. There, this is the thirty-fourth minute or whatever, and like just as if he was wasting all the time. Well, which he was. And there was a bit where Lacazette won the ball back, and he was like fighting for it and again in our own half. Um, the injury on the left-hand side. This all was leading up to like fiery atmosphere, the Tierney injury, um, and then their keeper time wasting and all that sort of stuff. And then our first goal happens. Yeah, um, we have liftoff. How, how, what did you think of the goal? It was sensational. Firstly, Martin Odegaard, what a pass to, to Eddie and Ketia. Yeah. It, it was fantastic. Um, and just a, a very special mention to Martin Odegaard. Mm. He's been absolutely terrific, probably since he returned back in the side. Um, uh, I think he's been really, really good. And he's found he's not only a creative, the creative hub that you all wanted him and mm. we all wanted from him. He's also a uh, very hard working and just great player to watch. So um, that's really appreciated. Um, once the pass is played through, Eddie Nketiah does incredibly well. And I thought Nketiah actually played very well when he came on. Mm, and uh, did, I think, yeah. I think we've, uh, I think he's taken a lot of stick this season, rightly so, because I think in some, Premier, especially in the Premier League, He's not looked good, but he looked good for this one. He looked like he wanted, he kept biting into challenges, sort of thing, working really hard. And then the pass to Pepe 
is good, but it's all Pepe after that. Yeah. The the touch, the turn, the finish is fantastic. It's all instinctive as well. And that's what football's about. It should be about instinct instincts. And I, I think it's sort of lost in, in modern football currently. I think it is in instinct. It was something with like Cesc Fabregas. I don't know if you saw a tweet from him today. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, talking about like modern football and saying like modern coaches wouldn't allow you to do some of the things that you could do you about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting. And that that Pepe goal was just such so lovely and so sort of instinctive and and it was just like oh wow what a goal and we were back into it and also credit Nicola Pepe he just became a father that night I know and, and like congratulations to him and his um his missus as well like um obviously um that's great news for him his second child um but he texts and you still wanted to be play the game and be in the side that's incredible commitment from a guy who hasn't um, had as many chances as he would like this season hmm. to show that commitment shows he's ready for the cause. And that, 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 that goal and his performance was reward for that. It's uh, second half of the season. Yeah. <laughs> time. And look, we've said it, we've said it on this podcast. Uh, we've said it for a long time. And if we're going to get top four, we need Pepe in to, to be able to come off the bench or to be able to start hmm from time to time and uh deliver a performance and i don't think he's a starter i don't want to get you know carried away but uh he can have a big influence and he's a chaos factor that we don't have elsewhere um you just like you don't know what he's going to do because quite frankly i'm not sure he knows what he's going to do um <laughs> you know the way he turns and moves and i don't know um how many times I've, I've not looked at it again but like the amount of times i'm pretty sure Lacazette tried some kind of pirouette or change of direction and then shot and it yeah. did not work and you know he's got lead in his boots he's a heavy 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 footed player right um yeah. and he just couldn't quite do it um and I'm happy for him from you know to get the winning goal but when Pepe did it he was turning around and pirouetting all at the same time and then just got it in quick so yeah unbelievable um I'm really really happy for him I hope that this can be a confidence booster for him because you know, coming off the bench is something we're going to need him for, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I think I said on the, this podcast um, a couple of weeks ago that we're going to need him. Mm. He's key to to our running, and that's because he's someone who has end product and will get goals, even if it is his first goal and first assist in the Premier League this season. Mm. It, it Last season proves that he scores goals, so... We we need to lean into that. You may think that he's not a good enough player for the long term, and that's completely fine. Mm. But we have him now, use him, and make sure that he gets as many minutes as possible to get as many goals as possible. He may not start every game because, obviously, we have a good thing with Saka on the right. We have Smith Rowe and Martinelli. These are all players that are great as well. But he is someone now that is, after this Wolves game, that has proven himself to be someone who's committed and someone who looks fired up. And that's really key for us for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, he could well just be the, the, the super sub kind of player. And I think you know, you kind of can be a victim of your own abilities sometimes. Uh, Theo Walcott had that about him sometimes and at certain stages of his career where, mm. you know, some of your 
creative assets or in Walcott's case is just sheer pace and ability to stretch people adds a chaos factor and I think yeah. that's something that Pepe has that others certainly don't um I think you know a systematic start to a game with you know, Martinelli Saka Smith Rowe and Lacquer up top let them play off and all that sort of stuff that we like to see um when it's 1-1 and it's back against the wall and you're going for it get Pepe on and by the way it was for it was for um, Cedric. No, the, the, that, oh, that was, was the, in Ketia, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ketia. And I, I've not seen. Have we ever seen Arteta do that? No. So this this is this is where I think he's improving, and I don't know. It will be interesting to see what happens when he has um, Smith Rowe back. Um, yeah. What what he would do if that situation came up again? Mm. But I think because we had like we had a very thin bench and i think the che- he he knew we needed to go for it so he done the, the arsene wenger thing and i think yeah. a lot of fans asked for that yeah and the not, crowd not were demanding for, it like yeah not not for him to just be like arsene wenger because there's only one arsene wenger as the, the chant went hmm. um but the he just needed to be a bit more when we're losing and when we're struggling to to go for it rather than play conservative. Because I think mm. I always think back to the Man City games last season, both of them. Um, I know we got pumped 5 0 this year, but last year, I think both games, I thought we could have gone for it more and we didn't. Yeah. And that really annoyed me because it was just like, yes, we may get beaten and we may get trampled on and beaten by a larger score Mm. but i think fans just want to see the team going for it and trying their hardest and that's where this change the inketia one for cedric was massive because we basically didn't play with a right back and it's just like and football is not always going to be perfect you're not always going to do it with the first 11 so to have that option off the bench and uh, to be able to change the system just to cause some chaos because that's what it's going to be that, that's what um those last few minutes are is chaos and if you put as much chaos uh, and um danger into the opposition in those last few minutes you're going to get rewarded and that's what happened to us definitely and um i, I do also think on a chaos but yeah this is something that um i was really happy to see as well i mean this is a team that with seconds remaining with no time remaining it was back it was it was let's get everyone in there that kind of stuff mm. but the goal itself the winning goal was so like perfect in terms of mm. its passing the belief in the players there was no like just weapon and crosses or whatever it was really like let's play some good football you know tired legs mm. with some really light touches um of course Odegaard the old constructor of it the constructor of it all and Pepe involved again and like uh, it was just so pleasing that was that's just a team that's clearly bought into whatever project this is mm. um and i think one of arteta's main strengths and he's definitely had tactical weaknesses at points um is the the fact that everybody is bought into this yeah. and maybe and there's no way of measuring this unfortunately but getting rid of the likes of abamyang who's i'm so happy for is doing well at, at barcelona and yeah me um, too. but if it ain't right and you know the discipline's not there Maybe this is why everybody else is is so committed, including mm-hmm. Lacazette, who I thought would might perhaps go off the boil, and I guess that comes down into the to the winning goal. Well, yeah, I I, I think um, 
in terms of the, the the culture thing, I think it's always something you see more when when you're within, uh, or like you're. If you're just a mediocre, nobody really cares. But if you're winning, mm. then everyone mentions it like, oh, you have a good culture, and if you're losing, you have a bad culture. Yeah. So it, it is a bit difficult um, with that. But you've got the um, with with the. Uh, with the Bamiyang thing and with everything that happened, it could have been easy for Lacazette to just say, oh, well, I've got six months left on my contract. Mm. Um, I, I don't need to be committed to Arsenal as much. As, and you've just got rid of my best mate. Yeah. What, 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 what's the point? You, you, I mean, it wouldn't have been, obviously I'm not saying that it would have been justified or understandable, but you could have seen that happening. Yeah. But now for him, for him to be committed, being the captain, and what I loved, the goal obviously was meant a lot to him. Yeah. Um, you could see it on his face. You could see it with all the players, all the, the manager. What I loved about him is on Instagram afterwards, he said, so proud, like something along the lines of like, so proud of my team. And it was yeah. just like, and yes, okay. It, it, but that, that's just such a strong word, my team. This guy's leaving at the end of the season. Yeah, and he's already committed to like, and he's he's basically saying it's his team. That's massive, and I, I really hope we get top four because I think Abamyang has got all the pl- plaudits over the last few years, rightly so because he's been fantastic. He won mm-hmm. us the FA Cup on his own, but I always felt Lacazette never got the love on, on social media. I think that the, the the ground inside the ground they love him. Like he's probably the pop- most popular player in that ground, or one of the most popular players. But I hope he gets the love he deserves if he gets this top four, or like what is he in the team that gets this top four? Because I think he was a, he's been a much better player for us than yeah. a lot of people give him credit for. And it's sort of like it's sort of like the reverse Giroud because I think Giroud got quite a lot of support at the start, and then. Mm. Um, obviously the Monaco stuff happened and it, it went sort of off the boil and then when he left he got all the support and then Lacazette got loads of support at the start and yeah. then went off the boil and then sort of got the hate and I hope it goes back to the end, like at the start where he does get that a lot of love because I think this is a player that you can clearly see he likes Arsenal I mean and I don't I think he he's if he's going to leave I think he's going to go back home and he's going to go back to Leon. Yeah. So like I think um it's clearly he's quite a loyal loyal guy and um I think we 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 should respect that and be appreciative of him because I know people want him to be dropped but I think a lot of the good things that Arsenal are doing he may not be scoring but he's facilitating a lot of it. Yeah. He is he, and you know we've said on the last podcast we looked at stats and he's we're a better team with him. Yeah, and I and I actually think he, <laughs> it was really tough. Like he was getting a lot of, he was frustrating in the game. Let's say that. I mean, I've never seen someone work so hard, but just decision making in the last action, or just not connecting with the ball, or just doing something a bit stupid. Um, and Saka was doing the same, by the way. Yeah, Saka had a really nervy got to game in front of goal. I think he did a few amazing things, but. You know, and I think Saka was involved in the final goal as well, in the sense that he mm. really he cut inside and pulled out an amazing save from the keeper. Uh, it then went wide, Odegaard sort of fed it through, and Pepe to Lacazette. And 
you know, it was all just building and um, I was so happy for him. I really, really did deserve it. And um, I hope this gives him something and it's, I'm giving it him as a goal, you know, it, mm. I hope this gives him something to, to bounce forward with and hopefully he can get another goal or two under his belt that can repel him because we're going to need him to play well or at least be confident. Yeah. Know, like, into the last. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we need him. Um, mm. And as much as, People were annoyed after January and we didn't get a striker in or mm. any signings at all. Um, that's gone now. We need him and hopefully he can fire us to where we need to go. Mm. I agree. I agree. And yeah, and so the goal goes in. Um, just stadium bouncing. I decide to go for some pints, but it takes a long time to get there because everybody's bouncing. Like <laughs> people are singing, people are stopping to sing. You know, it's it was great. Um, and I saw some very very salty uh, Wolves fans. So <laughs> they deserved I, it. You no, know, I, I used to like Wolves. What happened? They just became a bunch of God knows what very very quickly, um, which is very fun. Who's your man of the match, mate? Oh, um, man of the match. Um, good question. Oh no, actually, it's not not a hard question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Martin Odegaard. Yeah, it, like yeah. he he was he was sensational on on the day. Special mention to Thomas Party as well, who I thought mm. was very very good. But yeah, no, Martin Odegaard. It, it was it was it's simple and and it, at the moment it just seems easy to call mm. a man of the match because he just seems to be running running things very easily for us. Yeah, and. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna try, I was going to try and be interesting and choose someone else, but no, he just stood out so much. And um, it was interesting. I went to the Arsenal game. Uh, sorry, I went to the pub after the Arsenal game and um, spoke to my friend, and he sits up in the halfway line and, um, you know, up in the in the upper tier. And um, he was saying that he thought, or a couple of the people were saying they thought party was actually pretty bad, and there were some of the passes that went astray. Um, really? Yeah, I thought was was yeah interesting, and it, obviously different areas see different sort of values, I guess. But from where I was sitting, it certainly looked like he was just getting something from A to B, with a few misplaced passes mm. for sure. But like you know, switching it up, getting us through the midfield somehow with his shimmying. Um, but he was great. But sorry, just a word on Odegaard. Yeah, no mate, I'm I couldn't be happier that we got this kid. My tip mm. at the beginning of the season was that he was going to be our player of the season. Mm. And I don't think he'll probably get that unless he has a. If he continues like this, he might well do. Saka probably will. Um, you, you you think Saka will get it? I think Smith Rowe will get it. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, he'll be top scorer. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. because of the goals. But to be mm. fair, I think it it will go to whoever finishes the season the best yeah. because that that that's what people remember. I mean, Gabriel could have a shout. I mean, look, no, it's mm. too early. Let's see what happens. But Erdegaard, I mean. Look, I don't know who's going to be the next captain, but he's every every game he just seems more and more at home, more and more of a leader. Like he he's growing in confidence, he's growing in aggression, and he's getting bigger. I don't like yeah. I don't know if you've noticed same Saka and Smith Rowe, but and Martinelli for sure. They're filling out like yeah. a lot. Um, I don't know what they've got them doing in the gym or what they're feeding him, but yeah, they're they're looking good. And um, I think one thing that Erdegaard's reveling in is is being the central central guy, not as in yeah. physically central, but like being the best player, being the man about town. He hasn't really yeah. had a, he hasn't had a home before. And even at Med Madrid, he was always like, you know, up and coming, oh, you've got to prove yourself. We wanted him. And I think he loves being wanted. And he Yeah. You know, I think if I'm picking a captain right now, I I I, I struggle to look past him. Yeah, like I I, I think there's just something about him being mm. 
captain for I don't think he'll get it because I think it will go to Tierney ultimately. Mm. But I think there is just something about him being captain that sort of I think it's just because of the Fabregas thing. Mm. It's just like like inspirational player in in the side um midfielder mm-hmm. m- magical midfielder um getting a captaincy there's just something about it and it's just yeah. um i would i would love it um if he got captain but i don't think he will um i think mm-hmm. he'll go to tierney but think? um yeah it's just it's just because i know arteta is so big on hierarchy mm. and obviously we can't obviously if if granite shaka was a consideration he probably would get it, but I don't. Obviously, what happened? He's not mm. a consideration, so it would it would probably be Tierney in my eyes. Yeah. But um, Odegaard would be more, like I. I think I've changed my mind over the last few months. I feel like I, Odegaard like would be my choice. Yeah, I. Well, we need to get through some questions. This is another time, but I do have my concerns about Tierney. I think a lot. I, I've had a lot of discussions about this actually recently. It's just like a lot of people are saying that they are worried about him, and maybe we can upgrade on him. Mm. And um, I think at the moment he's playing a more reserved role because I think he's um, he's been asked to do that because I think Arteta doesn't trust Cedric as much defensively as he does Tierney. Mm. So I think that's it. But. I get what you mean in terms of like maybe he how he's going forward is not as good as it was before. He seems very like one note in terms of like just smacking across sort of thing. But I think he's he's just in maybe not, he's maybe stagnated a bit rather than kept going up that level. Yeah, yeah, I know, and um, it's it's less than the attack. I'll be honest, like it's the way he defends one on one. I've really mm. noticed it's a vulnerability. Like mm. he gets he gets uh, gets ran past very very easily, and he lets a lot of mm. crosses in. Um, one for another day. I'd like to explore that and see how that plays out because he's clearly one of my mm. favorite players still, and I think he's great. Um, you know, I'm just there's something there's just a few flaws I have noticed, and I do want to keep an eye on it. Um, dick of the day quickly. Um, Raul Jimenez for taking um, 24 years to get off the pitch yeah. and um, yeah it being an absolute dick about mm. it so um, and then um, which was obviously all the more sweeter when um, um, when um, he obviously ended up on the loser's side and then a quick side note as well I, I mean I don't I, I don't know if, if this is a, a very di- di- dick of the day but Vladimir Putin as well. We all know oh why I don't. Do yeah, I don't. I, I don't need to go into it. But yes, he's also a dick of the day. Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair, Christ. I mean, he's. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure. I think we do have a, a couple of Ukrainian listeners actually who do listen. Um, every week, I think we can see on the location, um, like yeah. little thing. You can see a little node on it that people from there. So, I, yeah, it's just heart goes out to the mate. Um, yeah, heart goes out to everyone in Ukraine. I don't think, I don't think it's really, I don't know if it's valuable saying it on a football podcast or if it really matters for people like us, but as in, you know, if it matters what we say, but it's just heartbreaking. Isn't it? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, with, with my deck of the day is going to feel a little bit less somber than that, but I guess uh, it, it, Paul Ince is just a knob. Um, <laughs> yeah. If anybody wants to Google and, you know, YouTube, 
or Twitter, whatever it is, just type in Paul Lintz, Wolves, and the Arsenal post-match commentary with Ian Wright. You'll enjoy it because he's a very salty, salty guy. Questions. Questions, questions, questions. There's a lot about Lacazette. There's a hell of a lot of Lacazette. Um, you know, so we've got Anja Maranchal 8. says, how is Lacazette and the new contract? Um, Sviva uh, Stotterud says, would you offer Lacazette any contract to let him go free in the summer? Uh, Christian Gemio says, has Lacazette won his place in the team next season? I mean, there's just loads. Like, I really could keep going with them. Um, sorry for not reading out anyone else who, 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 who hinted at that as well. What, what do you think? I mean, I'm okay giving Lacazette a new contract as long as it's one season. Mm. I don't think he'll ever accept that. So I just don't think we... I mean, look what happened to Aubameyang. Look mm. what happens with um, Ozil. I know not every situation is going to be like that. So I'm prepared to give him an, a new contract, but it'd be one one year maybe with an option for another. Um, yeah. Like, I do not want him to have... because. Uh, uh, I just don't want them to give him a three-year contract and they're on huge wages and we just get burnt again. Like, we learned nothing from that, mm. um, the, the two situations before. So it would make our summer business a bit easier because at this present moment in time, we have to bring in two strikers because he is leaving as well. So if he could, if he stayed for another season, I'd, I'd be completely fine with it. But anything longer than a year, I'm sort of... Um, getting a bit afraid that we're, we're doing a bad thing again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so um, it's a tough one because he's not our long-term striker and we've got this new strategy, which is great. Mm. We're getting young players and we're going to have to get two strikers in anyway. Yeah. And if one of them ends up being Lacazette with knowing, firstly, that he's going to be the number two and the other mm. guy is like an all-singing, all-dancing, our, our guy. Great. Um but also, I think if he, has to, if he takes a pay cut, quite frankly, he's on a yeah. hell of a wage. A hell of a wage. It's nearly 200k, isn't it? I think it might be 200k. Or it might be 180. I think, it, yeah, 180 sounds about, yeah, 182k mm. a week. So that, that is a massive wage. Um, only Thomas Party earns more than him. Mm. So, um, yeah, um, it is a massive wage. Yeah, I just that's just something I don't think... We'd have to reconsider. So it's really on him. Um, yeah. Because I'd like to keep him, but, you know, I think we'll do a lot in the summer. So it's a really tough one, and I don't think we're having this conversation if he doesn't score last-minute winner. And um, But he makes the team a lot better, and I think we'll find other players that can do similar things. And You know, I'm keen to see what that, that, that person looks like, to be honest. Okay. Um, so we've got a couple around the dev to red has asked, would you start on the left, Emil Smith-Rowe or Martinelli? So let's call that against Watford. What would you do? Um, I, I put him uh, put him to start against Wolves, but he was obviously injured. So I'm going to put Emil Smith-Rowe because I think his performance against Brentford deserved it. Mm. So it's not to say Martinelli was bad against Wolves. I just don't think he was in, as incredible as we know he can be. Mm. So maybe this is a game for Smith Rowe um, to to start. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd like to, and I, I think it's it's one of those as well. 
But uh, Martinelli's been playing so well. But I would like to see him come off the bench because, you know, yeah. Middlesbrough's Rose had his chance to. And I think it's a good opportunity to do so. Away at Wolves as well. You know, why not? Um, so, who? So, Cyber Stotterud, I should say. Sorry, I've butchered that. Sounds awful. Um, who do you think is the most underrated player in the team at the moment? And I'm gonna put. I'm gonna add to that question. Yeah. Who do you think is the most underrated by Arsenal fans, and then who do you think is the most underrated by the media? Oh. Um, okay. Most underrated in the side. Oh, that, that is really tough. I want to say Thomas Partey. Mm-hmm. I, like just because I think. I think. Um, because because you 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 mentioned about some people saying he didn't have a good performance, and I think there is is that like they, but I just think he's been sensational this season. Yeah, ever since he came back came back from from injury, and I think he he's sort of flown under the radar sort of thing. Some of the things he's doing that Man City game he played, he was absolutely sensational like yeah, yeah. at home. So I think he is a bit underrated um, by by the Arsenal fans. Um, Who's the most underrated by the media? Well, just on Thomas Party, I remember because he came back from injury and he had a couple yeah. of stinkers. I remember against Everton, yeah. particularly. I've never seen, and I, I was really disappointed. Um, but it's his first run in the team. Yeah, and he's playing exceptionally. Like I'm, like one of the top midfields in the league, kind of exceptional. Um, yeah, you know, without him, we don't play how we play. Mm. Um, and it's always a worry not seeing him in the team. And actually, something we've not mentioned, I've not seen the Congo in a hell of a long time. Yeah, I mean, he, it's crazy. Well, he, he he played against Burnley. He played against Liverpool. Mm. He played against um, what's his face? Um, not in the Forest in the Cup. Um, but yeah, he hasn't featured much after that. But um, in terms of underrated by the media, I think it's Ben White because he's just never he never spoken about as a player who's had a good season. Oh, he was season. amazing against Wolves. He yeah. was. Exceptional. Oh, mate, do you know what? I'd even attempt to give him a man of the match. He was that good. <laughs> uh, no, kind of, you know, glossed over it, but go on. Yeah, no, but Ben, ben White, like, do you see the media speaking about him? He's an yeah, English no. centre-back. And, like, he has not been spoken about about going to the Euros or, like, sorry, to the World Cup or mm. being in the next England squad. No, this is a man who has been sensational for Arsenal and consistent all season mm. and he's barely spoken about in the media. So he's the one that's underrated by the media. Sure. I would say um, underrated by the media, yeah, Ben White hits it. Um, Granite Jack is up there. <laughs> uh, although slightly different reasons like he doesn't even get the yeah but he's really important to the way Arsenal play and yeah like anyway um internally Tommy is really liked underrated it's difficult because uh, yeah because mm. yeah, a, a lot of um fans like like we all like our players at the moment so. yeah which is quite rare isn't it yeah yeah okay I mean I'm just gonna say Ben White then because I, I think that's a that is actually a pocket of Arsenal fans as well, to be fair. Um, yeah. All righty. Uh, let's go two more questions. Let's find a slightly sillier one, shall we? So we've got Arsenal Obsessed has asked, uh, which player do you think would be most likely to be successful if he had to escape prison? So uh, so to help us get out of prison or like... He's no, no, just prison. someone who would be successful if he had to escape prison. For me, you cannot look 
past Granit Xhaka. He has escaped <laughs> jail at Arsenal, not only through the amount of red cards he's got, but also from the actual Arsenal fans themselves. Everyone else has been tried to lock away, lock him away and throw away the key at Arsenal a hundred times and he keep coming back. So plus he's pretty hard. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Um I feel like I would go some like rogue at like um I don't know, like uh maybe um, I'm trying like maybe like someone like El Nenny, like maybe because like because mm. he's just so like nice, like maybe he can just like find his way out of prison, like at, at, at just out of niceness sort of thing. Niceness. I love it, yeah. No, he'd probably get beaten up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> um fair play. So you got El Nenny and Jacko, the the most mobile two in the team getting out <laughs> of prison. Um our last question, Haley Adelaide says, uh, what are you for dinner, mate? Um, oh, um, probably pizza. Um, what? Well, so, I thought it'd be another big P today. Uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, of course I'm having pancakes. So, pancakes. Yeah. yeah really? So massive pancake day. So, um, mm. but yeah. Um, <laughs> would you have it for dinner? Though? Like, that, 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 that's no, well, I actually had dinner a minute ago, um, but I, I kind of, I'm quite hungry again. And I feel like I can't have another dinner. So I might just have some pancakes. I, need, yeah. I, haven't got, I haven't got any ingredients though. I've got eggs. Oh no, but my housemate's a vegan and I would need to make it a team thing. How you can make vegan ones? You like banana, oats, yeah. milk of some like oat or whatever. Um, you, you, you can also I you can also do what I did and just bought um one of those cartons from um mm. the shop and Nutella. And that's nice. what I'm gonna have. So um, well, yeah. I've got I've got some questions for you then. I'm gonna go through quick fire questions. Yeah, and it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to name you Arsenal players, and you're going to have to say whether they're sweet or savoury pancakes. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Um, Ramsdale. Um, savoury. Smithrow. Sweet. Saka. Sweet. Lacazette. Savoury. Cedric. Savoury. Yeah, yeah, he's so savoury. Yeah. Uh, what about Eddie and Ketia? sweet yeah he's definitely sweet um yeah fair enough um we'll let's leave it there we're digressing enormously um <laughs> enjoy your pancakes thanks so much for coming on cheers um, mate um enjoy your pancakes so you will um, and everyone everyone going to listen to the can you believe it podcast which met hosts um every week and you can find some great content there and you can sit and eat your pancakes and listen to his lovely voice all right. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Matt. Thanks. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Bye. Bye.